You are listening to Bold Leadership, Episode 73, What Reality TV Teaches That Destroys Your Ability to Lead. Shut up and sit down. Greetings from the heartland of America, Guthrie, Oklahoma, and Hoboken Coffee Roasters. This is the Bold Leadership Podcast, where we are building bold leaders to solve tomorrow's toughest challenges. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for taking the time. The Bold Leadership Podcast is published every Tuesday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.exsin.co. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud favorites. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Bold Leaders and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. And now, here are your hosts, former Air Force pilot, commander, and business owner Dave Evans with his partner in crime, former combat controller, wealth advisor, and deal maker extraordinaire, Phil Nichols. Let's get into the show. So my question to everybody, and I'm going to get into a little quote here or comment here, is reality TV actually real? And the reason I ask that is kids watching television tend to accept it as a reflection of reality anyway. Dr. David Hill, a pediatrician who is program director of the American Academy of Pediatrics Council on Communications and Media, told Healthline recently, until they're about eight years old, it's very difficult for them to do anything significant reality testing-wise. That's why kids under that age are much more accepting of Santa Claus. Kids already struggle with testing what's real or not. And then reality television is advertised as being real. This is a problem. According to Nancy Molitor, PhD in clinical psychologist and assistant professor of clinic, clinical psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Northwestern University, Ferberg, Ferberg, Feinberg School of Medicine, because kids often become desensitized to what they are seeing. This is the appeal to these shows that comes down to making people feel superior to others, Molitor told Healthline. You see contestants being laughed at, rejected, voted off, made fun of. And watching these shows makes kids feel superior as well. It's reinforcing all kinds of negative behavior that we don't want to see in our kids, including relational aggression. So today we're going to discuss two shows that distort reality and are creating a selfish employee culture. And let me tell you something, folks. If it's happening to your kids, these kids are your future employees. So Phil's here with me. I'm going to ask him a question to see his knowledge of, of actual of reality television. What show's motto is outwit, outlast, outplay? Well, I, I'm, you know me, Dave. I'm a very honest guy. I know the answer to this because you told me. Uh, <laughs> Survivor. But, but in my defense, I don't watch these types of shows. So it's in my defense. Well, that's why you're such an outstanding leader and why you do things. <laughs> I have seen a few of these shows. I actually watched the end of the last one, which is where the foundation for this podcast uh, kind of came up. I just right. sat her going, man, there are people out here that are between the ages of 18 and 40 that are buying into this nonsense and they think yeah. this is the way you behave in society. And it really bothered me to no yep. end. So let's talk about these three terms, outwit, outlast, and outplay. How, do, how does that motto or that mantra affect a company if you have employees that are buying into that nonsense? Well, you're going to have a whole lot of individuals and you're never going to get anything done productive anyway. There'll be a lot of backbiting and fighting and missed deadlines and people stepping on top of each other. It'd be a great, great culture. Um, you know, 
we uh, we unfortunately know this firsthand, Dave, because we work with a lot of customers that have folks that fall into these categories. But you know, it goes against everything that you that you uh, teach or that we've been taught uh, on being part of a team and leading and helping and supporting and lifting each other up. It goes against all those uh, qualities. I think you just nailed a point. It goes against every aspect of a team. And the scary part about these types of shows and what they're doing is that they're destroying the fabric, the competitive fabric of our country, which makes it great because competing competition is good. Yes. Winning at all costs is not. No. Right. And I think that's what this teaches. There's literally one place you win at all costs. There's only one place where that's acceptable and that's on the battlefield. And and even there, there's rules, right? I mean, even there, we have rules of engagement. We have the Geneva Convention. We have, I mean, there, there's, there's still standards that you follow, um, you know, and, and as it pertains to your team, if you followed any of these, these battle cries of outwit, outlast, outplay, you would destroy your own team before you ever got to the enemy. So, so it's just, uh, it's, there's just no place for it. Yeah, and I think it brings up another point. I just thought of when you said that it even goes to your competition, right? If you play, if you play this game, you're going to get a rep in your industry where you're not going to be the guy people want to work with, or the people want to share with, or build with, or grow with. Right. And, and yeah, there's there's business competition out there. We're seeing it with a client right now. You know, there's there's three or four companies that do what this company does in the area, and two two of them play well together. I mean, they, they get it. They work together to do the right thing. They're professional. Yeah. They both want to, you know, compete for business in the right way, but there's one guy, one company out there that's just being a complete dirt bag and everything he does, he's destroying the industry, but all by himself. Yeah. It just, you know, and it goes and it comes back to when you're, you have no ethical compass. If you have no moral compass, it's, it's, uh, you know, this is where, this is what you end up with. Yeah. That's a fact. So, how does this mentality, and we kind of talked about it a little bit, but how does this, how do we see this relationally affecting our leaders and their employees, our middle managers and their employees? Well, I mean, you know, and it depends somewhat. It depends on the size of the company. I even think that has became less true over the years. I mean, it used to be in larger corporations, you'd see more of this type of stuff, but you know, we see it in small companies yep. now. It's, uh, and I think it's because of the influence of what we see, what we watch, what we hear, what we, you know, our last segment, we talked about social media and I think that plays a part in it. YouTube and just all the different mediums, but you know, it's, it used to be cool to be a part of a team, something that was bigger than you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, And it just isn't that cool anymore. I mean, you, you know, you can even go watch, go watch prep athletics today in 2019. <laughs> I got to get mine. That kid, huh? that kid on the yeah, team is saying, I got to get mine. Got to get mine. Got to get you mine, know, baby. And when somebody says that, I'll show you a person that's going to struggle the rest of their lives. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate, um, you know, that we see more and more of that, but we do. No, no doubt. And, uh, you know, I have a son that's in that stage of life right now. And it's really, really interesting and concerning about, you know, about how the outwit, outlast, outplay, it's all about me. The me generation idea is really 
taking great teams and making them mediocre. Yeah, they don't I mean, work together that, for that each other. Does happen. I mean, the places that I saw somewhere a good friend of mine, Chris Evans. You know, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, he does a lot in the sports and the news world with a couple of different businesses that he owns. But but he had showed in in the state of Oklahoma, I think there were, he posted there were seventy six different um, state champions crowned this year in different areas and schools. And you think about that, and 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 it's interesting. I've always said you can tell a lot about the kind of program you have on how much do they win consistently, right? Do they right. win once in a while, where it's just a matter of well, they just have more talent or do they win consistently because there's a program, a process, um, you know, that, that they're following, uh, with standards. And, and I guarantee you when you have those kind of programs, it's all based on one thing first and that's team. It's not based on any individual. Yeah. No, that's a fact. And, And I think, you know, we are allowing our children and our society to be infected by some bad stuff on THS and true. So I'm going to ask you a, question this was recently posted on twitter and i'm going to see if you can name the show and and the comment they post from the show is if you don't have haters you're not doing something right <laughs> um this is the foundation for their show in january of 2019 before the new season opened this was their post on twitter i i would tell you that unfortunately that could apply to a lot of things out there um I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, this one's harder, and, and I'll, I'll give you an answer. It's The Bachelor. Now, why in the world would The Bachelor come online and post something this ridiculous about society? I mean, you want people to hate you? That's okay? That's acceptable? <laughs> I mean, I... It's know, a I relationship mean, I, show, for Christ's sake. I mean, I just... Gee, I wonder why they're on TV trying to find a, a, a mate. Um, <laughs> you know, I, that was awesome. I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't know, Dave. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm 53 and I still don't like it when I know that people are upset with me. Now I've, I can mask it a lot better than I used to, but, but, you know, as human beings, I mean, you want to be liked, you want, you, you know, you want to be kind to other people. I mean, you're going to have moments of uh, where you, where you don't do that. Sure. But I think, you know, unfortunately it's, it's like you said, it's became a badge of honor to be a, jack wagon you know this became a badge of honor to be shocking and rude and and uh, it's just that's that's just it's just sad it's just sad not only is it sad it's i think it's destroying the fabric of our nation phil i mean let, let's let's be brutally honest i think these these ideas and these identities are completely destroying the values and the foundational elements of our country, which in turn destroys our ability to compete internationally business-wise. What do you think about that? Well, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, you, you know, you go look at it and it's, you know, it's been, listen, I, I find myself in a weird place because the generation we're talking about are my kids generation. Yeah. And so I, I find myself in a weird place. You've heard me tell people this. I think we failed miserably as a set of parents, as, as a, as a, as a generation of parents. I'm not saying every parent, but I, you know, but there's a, there's a larger segment. We woke up and we've ended up with a bunch of people that have a mindset that it's all about them. And, and, you know, they don't care what anybody else thinks. They don't care if anybody else likes them or doesn't like them. As long as they're getting theirs, that's all they care about. You know, that, that isn't something that you're, that you instinctively just learn on your own. That's something that's, that's taught to you. I mean, you're, you're taught that that's acceptable. And, you know, my, my life was, if I'd acted that way, my dad would have 
Well, you know what my dad would have done. He would have tanned your hide, as a good yeah. Oklahoma uh, Sam. And it just, you know, it just, we just don't see a lot of that self-discipline that there used to be out there in the world. Well, you, you just brought up two great points about things we hear with businesses. Well, and it's, I'm going to start with a statement. Well, these millennials, they're, they're just different. Yeah. I'm going to tell company leaders right now, you created the problem. We created the problem yeah. uh, as adults. And it's up to us to do the right things to re-engage people and teach them to be civil because we, it's our fault. The second thing before you jump in here is, you know, the, the advent of the lawnmower parent or the helicopter parent has only made this worse because our children are no longer required to compete and fail like they used to. Is that a fair statement? Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, used to be you try out for the in junior highs when you start having tryouts, for example, in sports back in my day. And, and I know they still have tryouts, but what they've done is they've created 108 other avenues for people to go do stuff now. And it's, you know, you and I were talking this a week or two ago. I said, you know, and this might upset some people, but in my opinion, I think um, AAU sports and travel sports and these elite sports, they've destroyed school athletics. Well, why is that? Because things only grow if there's a market, right? So there's definitely been a market for these things. And again, this is a broad brush statement. I'm not saying that every program out there is bad. I, I don't I don't believe that. But, you know, to our point or that we're, that we're discussing right now, you know, it used to be if you didn't, if you didn't succeed at something, then you just, you had to learn how to accept that and, and get back on your feet and, and press forward and go continue to work towards being successful. And now it seems like if you don't succeed at something, they just go create another opportunity for you to do something in the same area. They don't care if you have talents in that area. They don't care if you've, you know, they don't, they just don't care. You know, there's, there's, it's not acceptable to, to do your best and lose anymore. It's because the second somebody does their best and loses, they're, they're hit with a thousand different excuses by many times adults, parents on why they weren't successful and none of it's ever their fault, you know, and that's, uh, that's, that's a scary thing. Now saying all that, and we've talked about this before, I, I am not one of these people that believes that millennial generations, uh, a bad generation. I don't think they are. I think they're very talented. I think they're very smart. I think they, they just have a different way of executing on things um, than we did when we were in that same age group, you know? So it's, it's a two way street. I mean, older guys like myself have to learn to communicate in new and different ways and how to do it effectively. And, and as you said, I think we also have a responsibility to try to mentor, train, teach and help, our younger generation, in this case, in this framework of discussion, or employees, how they how they should communicate um, with folks that maybe are 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 not in their generation right now, and so it's it's going to require an effort on all people's parts, you know, to to get it right. I think you're absolutely right in that statement, and I think the rea- the reality of the reality TV show is that. We're filling people's minds with a bunch of nonsense and it's actually reality. And then we're having to work together to build strong individuals who can survive in a competitive environment because they've been had so much noise thrown at them, right? So much noise they think is true from this person or that person or whoever else yeah. um, that, that they're fighting against to be productive. And in the same sense, like you said, we're both old dudes, Um 
So we have a lot that we have to work on every day to make sure we're relating and understanding the challenges the young people in our lives face on a day in day out basis because it's different. Yeah, it I mean, is. I mean, we don't we didn't have to worry about things when we were younger that they have to worry about today. Um, so it, it definitely yeah. definitely is a huge challenge for that. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I mean, there's pros and cons to everything. I think as it pertains to reality TV, which is you know where we started this conversation. You know, I can go back, I'll go back years ago in the first reality TV show, and I'm doing the air quotations right now when I say reality, because I've always said, I'm, I'm always amazed you call something reality and it's based on people acting uh, like something they're not, because, you know, we all know that much of this is manufactured for TV and that's okay, but but go back to, there was a show called The Real World. Do you oh, yeah. the Real oh, absolutely. World? Back in the and day, was, baby. Yeah, that was the real, that was the first uh, reality TV show that I recall. And, and what I remember was it was just people shooting video, people at their worst. Yep. You know, they would only show the worst. They would never show moments of when somebody was just being normal. They'd only show the moments where they were, you know, butt naked running down street in New Orleans or something, you know. And and I, and I, I, I get that that's what, you know, people, unfortunately or unfortunately, they want to see on TV, but, but it's, it's reality. If you're basing your life on reality TV, um, boy, God, God help us all. If that's what people are doing, but, and, and, and I'll give you an example. I had a gentleman that I interviewed for a job, probably, gosh, it's probably been 20 years ago now. And I'm doing the interview and I noticed there was a trend that every time He'd say something. I said, well, what made you decide to want to do that? He said, I saw it on TV. And about the fifth time he said that, I go, are you, I mean, I, are you being serious right now? I mean, you've made all these life decisions because of something you saw on TV. And the guy looks at me, it's serious. The heart attack says, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I thought, oh, Lord, help us all. You know, and uh, obviously I didn't hire him. But, but, it, but you know, this has been around a long time is my point. You know, if, if you're so easily influenced, um, uh, by something as, I mean, let's be honest, as silly as what was the big real uh, reality show here a few years ago that was so popular? A uh, group of kids from New Jersey. Oh, Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. They're back. They're back. Jersey Jersey days is on. The two guys have a dating show now, dude. There's that those that cast has reinvented themselves and they're, they're who's, back. Who's the dating show? Huh. Who are the two guys that have a dating show? The, two, two of the guys, I don't, dude, I don't follow. Well, I just saw something pop up, and I was like, "You, you got to be kidding me!" Because if you're able to tell me, you and I were going to have to have a talk. No, dude, that, yeah. I don't know what, yeah. who it is. But, but no, but we were in Tanya and I, as you know, my wife. We took a vacation a couple of weeks ago, and and then I got back, and as Dave will tell you, I spent the first day back cussing because I said, "This is why I never take vacations." But, but anyway. Uh, we're in the airport in Phoenix and we saw one of the cast members from the Jersey shore. And I saw these younger, you know, I say younger, you know, in their mid twenties, early twenties, mid twenties, they're all sitting there and my kids included, we had two of our kids with us and they're talking, they're texting each other. I should say not talking, they're texting each other (laughs) back to our other point. And uh, finally I said, what is going on? And they said, there's Ronnie from the, from the Jersey shore. I said, where? And he said, right over there. And I turn around. It's this little guy. He's about five foot two. And he's in a tank top. His shorts are like hanging down to his ankles. He's got dark sunglasses on. They're about 10 sizes too big for his head. And he's got a posse around him of about eight guys that look just like him. 
and not one of them's over five foot three. And they all got their little, you know, they're all little muscled up little dudes, little tiny little miniature, like little miniature puppies. And it was just comedy to me because I'm thinking, okay, these guys are on a reality show. And this one guy has this entire airport, or at least the area we were in, completely enamored because he's there. And, and all he did was go on a show where he got drunk, went and tanned, and ate food. I mean, that's what they did. No, no doubt. And, and, and but, but, but listen, again, God bless them. They're, they've created a heck of a life for themselves. But it's just, it's just, it scares me that we put that much emphasis on, on that type of stuff. I mean, I think it goes back to that buy-in thing we're talking about earlier and the, and the danger for companies with, you know, a group of people that buy, that, that feel that these people are important or they're, they're influencers in society. I mean, that's what scares me the most is that we have, uh, dealing with leadership, we have influencers in society that think it's okay to go out with a bunch of different people, be promiscuous, have no integrity, be drunk all the time. I mean, you name it, that, that that's killing uh, our ability to to run effective organizations and strong teams that are able to win uh, in an ethical manner, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's you know you see it every day on the news, you know, where there's another controversy or somebody's put themselves in a situation that they shouldn't be in. So there's either an accusation or an accusation that ends up being true or false, but it doesn't matter. They've still put themselves in that place and. And, you know, we've got a vice president, for example, that gets ridiculed by many people in the mainstream media because he won't meet with a woman by himself. And they try to put a spin on it to where it's sexist and it's all these things. And his attitude, he's just he's old school. He's I'm I'm not going to meet with a lady that's not my wife alone. Just not going to do it. And I respect that. I don't. You know, I mean, I, I think that should, that's something that should be respected. He's not doing it out of disrespect. He's doing it out of respect. And, you know, but, but we, we criticize people that try to do what I think are, you know, at least for my, my scope, my lens, morally and ethically, a very smart and a very wise thing to do. We crucify those people and then we, we reward people that do all the things you talked about. and. You know, I you know, I don't live in a fairy tale world. I realize a lot of this because we're, we're focused on TV right now. I mean, it's on ratings. And so, again, if nobody watched it, they wouldn't make those kind of shows. So there's obviously a market for it, which is then what scares the Jesus out of me. You know, because there's all these people that, that thrive and love that kind of stuff. Well, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, I respect any man who thinks he should, you know, do the right thing, leave a door open when a lady is in his office, treat them with the utmost respect. That's a two-way street. Um, I think that we all should behave that way. Uh, That way there is no, there's no room for people to say inappropriate things happened. No. And and it protects both parties involved. And it's just, frankly, it's part of being a gentleman. Or a gentle lady, for that matter. I mean, well, be just respectful. Some class right. And some right. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I've put myself in bad situations before in my life when I was younger, and and I've done the opposite. And I can guarantee you, uh, which one makes the most sense to do? Because <laughs> um, it's just, it just, it just allows you to to wear a white hat right into the conversation. Yep, absolutely. And, and that's needed. That's needed. So. 
and it and it allows you to let leaders of any gender lead, right? Right. I mean, right. And that, I mean, that's at the end game, that's making get, a bunch of leaders. Where people get things confused is, I can make an argument that you and I have we've served in an organization where there were more female leaders than probably anywhere in the private sector, the yep. United States military. And I'm just for one, I can tell you, and I know you echo this. Um, some of the finest leaders I've ever been around were ladies, and, and gender uh, has nothing to do with your ability to lead. Right. And, and I just, you know, and I think we we lose sight of the of the bigger picture sometimes when we focus on these, to be quite honest, kind of asinine things. You know, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate that we that we seem to focus on the things that don't matter as much as as the things that, that should matter uh, as much. Well, you know, that's a great point. You know, you need to focus on what matters. Uh, we, we need to help our team and, and be adults and teach our kids that unfortunately what we believe is reality is actually somewhat scripted to drive emotional responses when it comes to reality TV and the impact on leadership. As leaders, we must notice the signs of unhealthy behavior and actions within our organization. You need team players focused on the team, on the team's goals to grow exceptional companies. Don't let your company fall into the trap of reality TV. And with that, this episode of Bold Leadership, we are out of here. Thanks for listening to the show. Our show notes can be found at www.exit.co. If you liked it as much as we think you did, be sure to go to iTunes and leave us a review. 